Hey, everybody, welcome to the Addiction Unlimited podcast, where you get to learn everything you want to know about addiction and recovery. I'm your host, Angela Pugh, co-founder of Kansas City Recovery, life coach, and recovering alcoholic. To learn more about me, you can listen to episode zero on your podcast app or find us on the web at addictionunlimited.com. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to another episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. I'm your coach, Angela Pugh. I'm here helping high-functioning, successful people get sober when that relationship with substance has gotten unhealthy. I think we can all relate. It gets a little unhealthy and a little toxic, and that's what we're doing around here. So listen, if you are a human being with a beating heart you are going to want to take notes with this episode today because this topic is a game changer. And you know I love to come at things from a different angle, so we're talking about this in a way that no one else is talking about it. We all know the importance of taking care of ourselves. You hear it everywhere, the buzzwords, self-care. You hear the catchphrase, you have to put your oxygen mask on first. But how many of you are actually taking the time to put this into your daily life practice? Are you really taking care of yourself? Because if you're anything like me and most of my clients, your life is busy. You have a big job, a family, a partner, a house, and all the responsibilities that come with all those things. And the standard response is, We get so caught up in all the things and getting the to-do list done and keeping the kids alive another day that everything gets prioritized over yourself. And I hear you saying it in the Facebook group, I should start exercising. I should spend more time with my friends or build new friendships. I really want to travel more. Like you're saying all the things, but when do you make it a priority to take care of you? I want you to make yourself a priority so that you can feel happier in your daily life and be more present with your family and feel more confident in yourself and your abilities. So today we're talking to Dr. Melissa Durfee all about taking everyday things and making them self-care rituals. She is the self-care doc. So I know she has some valuable insights to share that will help you change your mindset around caring for yourself. This is essential to overall health and your quality of life. It affects how you think, how you feel, how you act and respond to situations. And when it comes to mental health, Self-care can help you manage your stress, lower your risk of illness, and get you more energy. You guys, this stuff is important. So Dr. Durfee is going to shed some light on this topic and simplify it for all of us. And her passion is inclusive medicine. She has a hybrid practice that is designed to celebrate beauty, wellness, and self-care, but in a totally unique way with techniques from all around the world. So you guys know I love, love, love this stuff. I love this topic. I'm really excited to get into it. So Dr. Melissa, thank you so much for coming on the show and having this conversation with me. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I've been so excited seeing this on my calendar and the date getting closer. (laughs) 
Yeah, me too. Absolutely. So why don't you take a minute and just tell everybody a little bit about you and what you do? Yeah, of course. Uh, well, as you said, my uh, I go by my self-care doc. And what that means is I'm here to help you prioritize your self-care rituals. I believe everyone deserves to feel comfortable in their own skin and feel amazing and beautiful. And I try to bring that to every single interaction that I have with my clients, which I call them clients, not patients, because patients has a little bit of a connotation of me fixing them somehow, but I don't fix anyone. I help people to unlock their own healing potential. Um, I was trained as an acupuncturist uh, in Oregon, and I've been practicing East Asian medicine for a little bit over a decade. I received my doctorate uh, from Pacific College of Health and Science in San Diego, California during the pandemic, uh, because what else was I going to do? (laughs) (laughs) And I've been passionate about helping people find their best selves for most of my adult life. Uh, I started in the skincare world uh, over 20 years ago, uh, but I always had a love-hate relationship with the beauty industry because of the pressure that is put on all of us by Western society, which is how I came up with celebrating beauty, wellness, and self-care outside of those Western standards. That takes it back to the, I believe everyone deserves it. You deserve it. Yeah. Amen to that. I love that. And I kind of came across you in skincare. It was something that you had posted about skincare. And my audience right now is probably laughing because everybody knows I'm obsessed with skincare stuff. (laughs) And I understand too, for different reasons also, but I understand that love-hate relationship with the beauty industry because to me, it's very misleading. You know, like advertising and marketing in itself can be extraordinarily misleading. And it breaks my heart thinking about how many millions of dollars these companies are making on a lot of these products that really don't do anything, I don't think. (laughs) Right. I mean, or on the flip side, they're spending a lot of money of things that do negative things to them. Mm, You have to think about that too. You know, it may be effective, but it may cause some negative side effects. Yes. I just saw this thing the other day that is a nasal spray for tanning. Like it tans your skin. You shoot this stuff in your nose and it tans your skin. And it's apparently getting very popular. And I was like, there is no way. Like, yeah. (laughs) What could possibly be in it? And I did Google it, of course, because I have to Google everything because I want to know everything. But there, I came on this thing that said the science of it and how it works. And I started reading and I'm like, I just can't fathom that this is okay for your body, especially long-term. Like this can't possibly be okay. Well, we were chatting about this a little bit uh, before uh, we started this episode about how 
you know, how, how can things possibly be okay? There aren't very many long-term studies out there for a lot of these beauty rituals. If you think about it, you know, modern skincare has really only been around since the 50s Mm -hmm, (laughs) or 60s. I mean, of course, there were cosmetics go back all the way to ancient China, really. Uh, But you're not going to find anything what Botox has been around for less than 20 years now. So you're not going to find any studies that are older than that. Uh, fillers have been around for a little bit less. You're not going to find anything about that. And really, truly, uh, recon- uh, plastic surgery or cosmetic surgery or whatever you want to call it, there's really only 19% of the procedures that they actually know the mechanism <laughs> of it. They don't yeah. know how it works. Right. So, yeah. And some of this stuff is really scary. Like, It's definitely scary to me because, you know, listen, I'm a pretty average American person. Like I have a level of vanity for sure. And it's scary to me, like the, if I'm putting stuff on my face, right. And I know when I started really getting into skincare, I had this moment that I felt really angry at these companies because when I started learning the difference between cosmetic grade products and medical grade products and cosmetic grade products don't really have to perform anything that they say they perform, right? Like it's literally cosmetic and, and you're everybody, we're spending billions of dollars on this stuff. And it's like, why, how are they even allowed to do that? So that's what really got me into the research of things and being more mindful and and definitely loving practices and things that that aren't western you know they really do right. have that history and and you mentioned a lot of that like some of the things that you do uh, there's thousands of years of research backing them up. Like what are some of those things that, especially in the skincare realm, because to me, skincare is a huge piece of my self-care. You know, that is a ritual. It's stuff that I like to do. And it is a quiet night at home with myself, you know, actually caring for myself. So it all kind of goes together for me. So what are some of those things in your practice? Well, uh, facial massage, the uh, facial Qigong and East Asian style facial massage has been, it was first mentioned in, oh gosh, quizzing myself on dynasties right now. <laughs> um, but it was, uh, it was first mentioned in the Warring States period, uh, which is about 470-ish BCE. Um, that's also the first appearance of some other East Asian cosmetic techniques like facial gua sha, which I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah. Which hot take isn't actually gua sha. And we can talk about that a little bit later. Um, facial cupping has been around since the Sung dynasty. Uh, it's been cupping as a modality has been used all the way back to ancient Egypt, but uh, using it for cosmetic purposes, really the first written documentation is during the Sung dynasty, which is the uh, 12th century. So these, these modalities, these techniques have been around for 
generations, usually reserved only for royalty or noble, noble women and their and noble men and their concubines. It, there, there's a lot of history in it. There's a lot of cultural implications to using these techniques, uh, but there's a lot of beauty in it. And there's a lot of amazing results to be had without a lot of technology. Right. What would you say, like, I really want to get into this taking everyday things and turning them into self-care rituals because I don't want to get too much on a tangent about skincare I'll turn this into a whole skincare episode and drive (laughs) my audience crazy. Uh, We can do that some other time. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. That'll be part two. Right now I got to reel myself in and stay focused. Well, I want to add on to your uh, skincare ritual first. There are things that we can do to our skincare ritual to make them even more nourishing uh, than simply just washing our face and applying our creams and uh, hydrators and tinctures and potions and all of those things. (laughs) Uh, I really like to bring body awareness into it and mindfulness and really taking a moment while doing my skincare routine to truly look at myself in the mirror and practice some affirmations while I'm washing my face because it really, really helps it to sink in, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> as far as other things that are easily adaptable, skincare is really in my research and in my practice, I found it's the easiest place to start uh, Mm. to make a self-care ritual. From there, things like cooking, you can ground yourself while you're cooking and mindfully think about each ingredient and offer gratitude for each ingredient. That's a wonderful way to bring some more mindfulness into your day. I love taking mindful walks or meditation walks. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a wonderful self-care ritual, enjoying connecting to nature. And then even things like your bedtime routine, uh, you can set up a ritual and your morning routine can be a ritual as well. Are you hopping right onto your phone when you wake up? Or do you take some time before you turn it on to do some mindfulness activities? One thing that I like to teach my clients is first thing in the morning, I mean, after you've gotten the cobwebs out, but to go (laughs) into your bathroom and smile at yourself and practice your gratitude in the mirror, because that will shift your mindset for the entire day. Yeah, I love that. And there's so many simple things that we can do. you know. And I talk about too, like it's the most simple actions that you take can be self-care if you have the awareness that it's self-care. You know, like I had to train myself to drink water. I used to never drink water and I had to train myself to drink more water because I wanted to care for myself and care for my body more. And now it's taken on a whole different meaning, right? It's not just drinking water and it's not just about being healthy, but it is caring for myself and it's giving my body what it needs. You know, there's so many little things like that, that I think people don't think about as self-care, but 
it is being mindful and having the intention, doing something intentionally to care for yourself. Absolutely. Giving, um, giving the mundane purpose. Yes. I love the looking yourself in the mirror too, because I think this has been a really important healing thing for me in different times of my life when I've gotten really down on myself for various things. You know, I went through a rough few years. Um, you know, I definitely have body dysmorphia issues and gained some weight and really struggled to come to terms with all of that and why and it being different, right? Because I'm also 50 years old. So it's not like, it's not the same as gaining some weight when you're 25 years old. Like There's a lot of acceptance that has to take place, certainly in the aging process, Mm -hmm. you know, and And I wasn't always in a good place of acceptance with all of the changes that come just with aging in general. Aging is one of the weirdest things I've ever been through. Honestly, it is such a strange experience. But that really like looking at yourself and really giving yourself acceptance and giving yourself permission to look different, to be different, to be in a different space in your life and that all of that is okay and there are really great things about being in a different space in your life also. Not only is it okay, it not only is it okay, it's amazing. It's amazing Agreed. that you're here. And every day is a gift. For sure. Yeah. I but it took me a while to get to that spot. <laughs> that was not an easy. <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. You know, One thing that I talk to clients a lot about in my practice is you don't have to jump from disliking or hating yourself into embracing and loving yourself. There's an intermediate step in there called body neutrality (laughs) and just being grateful that your body carries you around (laughs) and your heart is working and your lungs are working and you you're breathing and you're above ground. And that is the first step. And when you master that body neutrality, then you can start to work one feature at a time. I really love my hair today and it Mm -hmm. may be different every day, but just finding, finding that space, you'll get there. It's a process and just recognizing that it's a process, accepting that it's a process and giving yourself grace. Everybody has bad days. Even the people who are the most confident people out there, they have days when they wake up and Mm -hmm. they feel like sludge and they can't think of anything good about themselves. It's so true. It happens to everyone. Yeah. Nobody is exempt from that for sure. And also, you know, it's the same thing. We talk about the same thing in sobriety. Like you don't go from, you know, step one to step 100 overnight, you know, just like you put the drink down and all of us and all your problems are fixed and your life is fantastic. Like it doesn't work that way. It It is a process. And like you're saying too, it, it's trusting the process. 
you have to trust that taking the actions will yield the results, but you can't be impatient about it. <laughs> Patience is harder to come by <laughs> than a lot of things, yes. but it is so important in moving forward. And, you know, one thing that helps me with that is just breathing into a situation and just really thinking about it, you know, it's that whole saying Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and your habits or your thoughts, they weren't created in a day either. Yeah. So yeah, and we're not going to undo them in a day. No. But you can take a step in a day. You're taking one yeah. step forward. And it's a beautiful thing. What tell us some of your favorite techniques that you use in your practice? Oh goodness. <laughs> well, <laughs> so many Because things. I looked at your website and there's some pretty interesting stuff on there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, one of my favorite one of my favorite modalities for for stress and self-care is acupressure. And it's because it's so easy and you don't need any special tools to accomplish it. It's just a matter of knowing what points help with what issues. And so I've had extensive training on that. And I have all sorts of handouts that I give to my clients. And I even make videos to walk them through where it is if they get lost uh, that's one of my very favorite modalities. And then taking acupressure up one step further with a tool uh, called an ear seed. Now, I'm not sure if you've, uh, if you're familiar with the ear seeds, they have been used very successfully with addictions and uh, any sort of issue that has sort of a stress and nervous system component to it because the ear is a microsystem of the entire body and there's over 200 distinct acupressure points on the ear alone so by learning where some of these points are and placing a small acupressure device on them you can actually train the brain <laughs> and release chemicals in the brain that will relax certain parts of the body, including the brain. It's That's fascinating. It's fascinating. It's been in this country since about the 70s, uh, but it just started gaining some traction a few years ago with us. So... I remember seeing some years ago that they were doing for alcohol detox, they were doing acupuncture a specific way in the yes, ear. That, that's called 5NP and that's the that's NADA, that's the National Acupuncture Detoxification Association. That is a set protocol. Um, that is something that I learned in acupuncture school. I actually did an externship at a recovery center. And oh, nice. so I have some experience with that. It's not the direction I went with my my own career, but there are some amazing amazing acupuncturists that that that's what they do. And yeah. I've had the pleasure of uh, studying 
that protocol with one of the creators of it. So it it's really, really beneficial. But even if you don't want to use needles, those points are still incredibly powerful. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Is it the same functionality as the ear seeds? Correct. So it's a little bit deeper, if you will. So some people need that strong, super strong stimulation. But other people, I've definitely helped people with smoking cessation and uh, Mm. with alcohol issues with ear seeds alone. But they were ready and they were, Mm -hmm. you know, using other modalities as well. But probably an important distinction to make is that none of this is going to be the magic wand that makes all the difficulties go away in a split second. Right. That goes back to my (laughs) intro of I I don't fix people. I help them to unlock their own healing potential. And it's, it's all, it's all like, think about it like a magic toolbox. And yes different things appear in your toolbox and you can pick them out and use them and then you can put them back in and then, Oh, look, something else has appeared. And that's another tool that we can use. You know, meditation might be a tool. Mindfulness might be a tool. Listening to music might be a tool. (laughs) There, there are tons of tools that can go into this um, wonderful magical toolbox for your self care. Absolutely. And where, so tell me a little more about the ear seeds because I saw them. Do they, are they just on the skin? Do they have some sort of like electrical charge to them? Do they penetrate the skin? So they don't. Um, The ones that I use in my office, which let me see if I can reach one without getting too far away from my camera. Um, the ones that I use in my office are actually 24 karat gold. Does that make a difference? Uh, so slightly, uh, so gold as a material in East Asian medicine is a, uh, is one of those metals that is special, of course, (laughs) and it helps, it helps to nourish the body. Oh, looks like I just grabbed the regular seeds. So these are regular seeds. They're actually vicaria seeds, and which is a type of radish. And you place them on points. And these were what was traditionally used for many, many years until they started using metals recently. I'm not sure when they started using them, but I know that I started using the metal ones about 10 years ago because they're a little bit more luxurious and a little bit, a little bit fancier. And I'm a little bit fancy. (laughs) (laughs) We are kindred spirits then. (laughs) Yes. So the ones that I actually wear a lot, which I just took mine off where I would show you, uh, they're actually Swarovski crystals on one side and 24 karat gold on the other. They're little tiny balls they do not penetrate the skin they just offer 
constant stimulation for about three to five days and then you remove them. Okay. That was going to be my next question. I was like, wait, you just took yours off. Like you leave them on. I thought this was something that you go to the office and they do it to you and then you leave, but you actually keep them on. Yes. So you keep them on for three to five days and that's why they come in so many fashionable colors now (laughs) is because you're going to want them to match with what you're wearing or you can get them super subtle without any crystal or stone or charm on them and they just they look like either nothing or just a little tiny gold dot most people won't see them unless they're pointed out to them or they're people don't get that close to your ear but (laughs) but the sparkly ones they'll ask you if you got a new piercing but yeah it's not that is kind of what it looks like yeah so do you place them the same on everybody and they no. do the same thing or there's different placements for different symptoms? Right. So there's over okay. two, there's over 200 points on the ear. And depending on what your underlying constitution is, uh, is saying, if you come in for a professional treatment from me, I mean, there are charts out there galore and you can, you know, do those protocols, but that's what they are, their protocols. It's a cookbook approach to it. Uh, when you go to a certified auriculotherapist like me, uh, either seeing them virtually or seeing them in office, what you're going to get from them is they will be building it a protocol or a uh, regimen from the ground up for you specifically and what is going on with you. Right. So you could very easily Google ear seeds for anxiety and it'll pop up some sort of regimen that someone came up with. Right. But if you come to my office, we're going to try and figure out the root cause of that. And that's where we're going to place the points in those relevant spots. Right. So what are some of the things you talked about the nervous system and using mm-hmm. ear seeds for anxiety? What are some of the other things that you would use them for? And I I just want to clarify this point because I don't want people thinking like they can go get ear seeds for childhood trauma. No, or, no right? No, no. Like it has no, to be it's, it's I'm not, assuming the physical like symptoms. That, no. Right, you right. Know, That's why I want to clarify. <laughs> right. I mean, so we I do some for inflammation. So if someone has like inflammatory skin disorders, we're going to, we're going to use some inflammation points to help adjunct it. And ear seeds are usually used with other modalities as sort of an adjunct. And we talked a little bit about the, the anxiety and the stress, which is the main thing I end up, um, at least starting with, with people, because if we can get that layer off, we can tend to get to some of the other things, but it's also super effective for things like allergies, um, cough, and there's also things like heartburn and even constipation, uh, dizziness, enhancing your libido, there's, yeah, you know, okay, the list goes on. There, there's over right. 150 conditions that there are actually studies behind using ear seeds and ear acupressure on. So crazy. I can't imagine there's 200 spots in your little ear. Oh, there is. 
And it's very, very tiny. And it took me a very long time to, to learn all of them. Yeah, I would imagine. And I, and you know, full disclosure, and not every doctor will tell you this, but I still look stuff up. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I still look. I, I still double check. I still double check placement for yeah almost everything except for maybe like the twenty five points that I use the most. Right. Right. Yeah, I think that's just being a good practitioner of anything. You know you. Because Thank I'm you. A, Thank you. Like, I'm just, yeah, because you have, like, I would rather double check and make sure, like, I will double check, triple check, ask somebody, you know, like, I'm, right. I'm kind of a perfectionist like that. But to me, that's doing a good job, certainly when people are counting on me to do a good job. Absolutely. But there are a lot of practitioners out there that like to act like they're completely infallible and they know everything off the top of their head. Okay. Ear seeds sound amazing. They're so much fun. Yeah, they they sound really cool. What are some of the benefits that you would say somebody could expect after wearing them for three to five days? Like, is it something that you can actually feel a difference? Absolutely. I've had numerous testimonials on them. Uh, one of my favorite ones that came in recently is someone who gets car sick every time that they're riding as a passenger and they were going on a road trip and they didn't want to take the medication that their doctor wanted to prescribe for them for this because the last time they took it, they had a really bad skin reaction. So they asked me, is there anything that I can do? And so we met online and I mailed her a kit of ear seeds and we went through a little bit together. We figured out, okay, this is what's triggering it. And then I wrote her a protocol and I sent it over to her. I watched her put them on uh, and then she went on her trip and she, you know, she took a picture of her ear so she could reapply um and she went on her trip and when she got back from her trip she said oh my goodness I didn't throw up once so it's it's incredibly powerful and it's so subtle now could they be used for things like nerve damage you know or pain or chronic pain do they work for those kind of things Absolutely. Um, my husband injured his back and I, I seated his ears for, for his back pain and he was able to go to work the next day. So, wow. Yeah. So it, it, it's, su- it's super neat and it's a little bit different. It's something that not everyone knows about yet. I mean, it's been written about in Vogue a little bit. It's been, there's been an article in I think Allure magazine and a couple of the other like fashion-y magazines, but it's always like a little blurb, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's a really, really fantastic modality. And I love combining it with uh, mindfulness and meditation with my Mm -hmm. clients and just having them mindfully set in and then touch their points in a sequence and it just adds another layer of awesomeness. 
So it's also good to hear that you do work with people virtually. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh my gosh, about 90% of what I can do in office, I can do online with people. Really, the only thing that you will be missing working online with me is just the physical touch, which sometimes that's really, really fun. But I love teaching people how to do some of the movements themselves. So I do, I work virtually. Um, I use a, uh, encrypted version of zoom and mm-hmm. you know it's similar to how uh it's probably similar to how most coaches work however i have the added bonus of being able to order some some lab stuff if i need to right right and encrypted version of zoom for those that don't know that just means it's super extra private and secure <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes. Everything I do is absolutely private and protected uh, by HIPAA. I even have secure messaging if people prefer that. Awesome. Now tell everybody where they can find you. Ah, well, it's myselfcaredoc.com. I'm also myselfcaredoc on a Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube. And YouTube's the platform I'm trying to grow the most this year because I started it a long time ago and I just never did anything with it. And now I'm trying to do something with it. (laughs) (laughs) And for everybody listening out there, I will link that in the show notes also so you can find Dr. Melissa, self-care doc. I love that. Thank you so much again for coming on and having this conversation with me. I so appreciate your time. Oh, absolutely. I had so much fun chatting with you. And I really hope that your wonderful audience has learned a lot today. Yeah, for sure. And we will have to do a part two about skincare. Absolutely. (laughs) Anytime. You just let me know. You've reached the end of another great episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. Candid and honest conversation about addiction and recovery. Be sure to visit us at addictionunlimited.com to join the conversation and access show notes and links to everything we talked about. Love this episode? Please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes to help us improve and give you the information you want. Thanks for listening. See you next week.